displays. Wherever I'm at, this is always kind of home away from home. And uh, I, I enjoy coming here, and I love you folks, and I appreciate you having me here. I appreciate Brother Joseph trusting me with the pulpit this morning. And uh, as I began to ponder when he called me, I began to ponder what, what I could preach on. And I thought, you know, I've been doing this 20, 25 years now, and I've preached every, you know, uh, character, Christmas character in the scripture, I think. And, I mean, uh, do we need another manger message, or what do we need? What, what is it that the church needs today? And I began to ponder that. I began to think, I, I thought, we're missing something. And all of this celebrating, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Christmas. I love the time of the year, and I, I, I certainly love what it means uh, at Christmas time. Some call it the Advent season, season and that's, that's what it is. It's a, it's a time that we celebrate the arrival of a notable person. And I think that's admirable, isn't it? And uh, I think we ought to. You know, we celebrate this great coming of Jesus Christ, God coming and tabernacling among men. And uh, for that reason, we got grace and mercy. We got a new covenant. We got a, a, a salvation of sinners that had not been available before. But I think we're missing something. Uh, just as soon as... Halloween supplies start getting took down and put on discount at the big box store. We begin to see trees and lights and presents and all those type things. And this preparation begins for this Advent season. We begin to see all these gift ideas that we don't have money to buy. Amen? How many of you spent too much money already? Boy, the rest of y'all are liars. <laughs> I'm just going on at you. But I begin to think, do we really know what the world is celebrating? What's the world celebrating this morning or this time of year? It's not about the notable person. It's not about him and his coming. Oh, they may sprinkle some Bible in and they may sprinkle a few Christmas carols in to make it look good. But we know what the world's celebrating, don't we? They're celebrating Babylon, the system. This system that we all as Christians, even Christians, get drawn into. We're drawn into it. And I think we're missing something. A couple of scriptures for you before we get into the main text. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys her merchandise anymore, Revelation 18, 11 says. And then John goes on to say, the fruit that, it, that your soul longs for, I like that, has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and will not find, you will not find them no more at all, Revelation 18, 14 says. In one hour... The very thing that the world is celebrating today, Babylon's going to fall, it tells us in Revelation. That's what the world's celebrating. The system, the, the money, 
anything but Jesus. I was listening to Alistair Begg this week on his podcast, and he told of the story when he pastored a church, I believe it was in London, that he would, on the Christmas Eve, they always had a Christmas Eve service, and, and, and he said he would park his car across town so he could walk through town and get the, the feel of the season with all the lights and the glitter and all that type thing. He said he was walking through the town square where he was at, and, and there was a manger scene there. And there were two policemen there beside the manger scene, and he walked up and started talking to them and asked them what they were doing. They said they were guarding baby Jesus because baby Jesus got stole last year. Folks, the world is stealing baby Jesus from us now. We're, they're, taking it, they're taking what's the notable person, this notable person that's coming, and they're taking him away from us. They've stolen Jesus. I remember when I was a kid, and I hope I don't get in too much trouble here, but I'm going somewhere with this. You know, at Easter time, the TV would cut, they'd have commercials on the black and white TV because we didn't have a color TV. A commercial would come on, and they'd have a picture of a cross with the robe hanging over it. And in the next segment, they would do a little deal, and then they'd come on with another commercial, and they had this fuzzy Easter bunny with a basket full of eggs. I don't know about y'all, but I've never seen an Easter bunny lay any eggs. What about now? Oh, you might see a, a commercial come on TV with a, with a child in a manger and a, and a scene with animals and all that kind of stuff around, but then the next segment comes along and they show some fat guy in a red suit running down a chimney. You see, they've stolen Jesus from us. The system. What are we missing? You see, they're missing the point. But I wonder sometimes, as a church, are we not missing the point? It's about to come we're missing something as well. Now, I'm not talking about getting bogged down in the world system, although if we're all honest here, we're getting, we do a pretty good job of it, don't we? We all go along with it. You see, it's more than that. What are we missing? And I know that there's some of you out there saying, Brother Gary, we're celebrating the coming of this notable person, and that's good. I've been on this ball for 66 years now, floating around out here. And there's one thing that I've never seen at Christmas before, at this season. I've never seen a message that this notable person is about to come again. Have you? I want to talk this morning about what we're missing. Yes, we can celebrate Christmas, and we ought to. We ought to celebrate that. But brothers and sisters, I'm telling you something this morning. We're missing the point because Jesus Christ is coming again. And if you can't get excited about that, something's wrong with you. Have we forgotten these words? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus left a couple thousand years ago to prepare a place for us. Now, I always say if God created the heavens and the earth in six days and Jesus had been gone 2,000 years, 
This place that he's preparing for us must be spectacular. And I'm telling you this morning that he's coming again to get us. If you're in Christ Jesus this morning. I go to, I don't, I don't, I try to stay away from the Catholic churches. But every one I've ever went into, I've been to funerals in one or two. They got Jesus hanging on the cross. They've left him on the cross. There's something wrong with that. But let's be honest this morning. Have we left Jesus in the cradle? Are we missing the point this morning that he's still in the he's still laying in the manger? And missing the point that he's coming again to get his bride. Christian, your redemption is drawing nigh, the scripture says. Don't get me wrong this morning. Calvary's important. The manger is important. The ascension was important. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. Eternity's a long time. And he's coming again. Have we lost our focus? Are we putting our focus on the Babylonian message that's floating around out here today and we've all got bound up in it and we're missing the point that Jesus is coming again? No more sin. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more death. That's where we're going. And Jesus is going to come and get us. And when he comes, it's over. For the world system. It's over for those who are his enemy. Our main text this morning is going to be found in the book of Luke chapter 21. I want to talk about the second coming this morning. Listen, we can celebrate Christmas tomorrow, can't we? We're celebrating it right now already, aren't we? Luke chapter 21, I want to look at verses 20, uh, 25 through 28. Real quick, and then we're going to move on to another passage of Scripture. But I want to talk this morning about the second coming. I'll give you a second to get over there since I didn't tell you already. When Jesus comes again, this is what it's going to be like. And there's going to be signs in the sun and the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectations of those things which are to come on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then, it says, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Man, I hope I'm around to see that. Can you, th can you imagine that? Jesus steps out on the cloud in all of his glory and all this nonsense and all this mess and all, everything is, is going to be gone. Woo! Boy, if you can't get excited about that, you need to wake up. Now, then these things begin to happen. Look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. First thing we see there is signs in verse 25. Just as it happened when he left the first time, we see these signs and these wonders. Those signs are going to turn our attention 
Listen, I don't know about you, but if the eastern sky goes to breaking open and somebody steps out on a cloud, I believe it's going to get my attention. Huh? I believe it. I believe... I believe there's going to be a lot of people hitting, hitting their face on the ground because it's going to get your attention. Supernatural celestial signs. These signs will defy human wisdom. You're not going to be able to figure it out. They couldn't figure it out the first time Jesus left. They couldn't figure out the, the first time that Jesus came and, and was born in a manger. They couldn't figure it out then. There's three wise men. Oh, wait a minute. That's not in the Bible, is it? Show me in the scripture where it says there were three wise men. Show me in the scripture where they showed up at the manger. You see, the systems even got us messed up as Christians. Because you won't find in the Bible anywhere where three wise men rode in on a camel and, st and, a camel and stood there at the manger with baby Jesus. You'll find three gifts that they gave, and that's where that comes from. You see how the world can twist and pervert the scripture around? Folks, you need to be careful. You need to read that Bible and understand what it's saying. They're going to defy human wisdom. I get tickled at these people with this global warming stuff. <laughs> that we believe somehow that we can control and we have some kind of influence over the weather that's controlled by the Almighty God. <laughs> you see, that's human pride. It ain't never changed. We still got it. We have, we have a part in this. No, you don't. You're just along for the ride, just like everybody else. You won't be able to explain away this these signs and these wonders. Next, notice that the dismay and the distress upon the earth, lots of problems created, and it's creating fear and anxiety. It says we're tossed around like the waves in the sea. I ask you, are we there yet? Folks, look around us. My goodness. There's no stability anywhere. If you think the government's going to give us out or is... As Lum and Abner used to say, the government, if you think the government's going to get us out of trouble, you're wrong. Folks, there ain't but one person that's going to get us out of trouble, and that's Jesus Christ. And did I tell you he's coming again? Human wisdom is not going to get us any relief. And besides that, if you study your Bible out, you're going to find out God's the one that gives wisdom. We ain't get it. We didn't come up with it on our own. Verse 26, notice there's failing hearts. There's going to be a global panic. Didn't we just go through some kind of global pan panic a couple years ago? Everybody was scared to death. Folks, there's a healthy, there's a healthy fear out there. My goodness. It's going to be global panic, he says. Oh, some of y'all been, ain't been, been there that long, but you remember 1929 when the stock market crashed the first time? It's coming again, by the way. Crashed the first time, there were people jumping out of buildings because they lost everything they had. Folks, they didn't have nothing to begin with. If they didn't have Jesus, they didn't have nothing. 
that stuff that belongs to you today is going to belong to somebody else tomorrow. And it belongs to you, by the way, or you belong to it. Global panic. Notice this, it says they're fainting over the expectation of things to come upon the earth. The world's coming to an end. Global warming, we're all going to fry. We're expecting it to happen. Folks, listen to me. Nothing happens apart from the hand of God. Let me give you something to expect this morning. You can expect that Jesus Christ is going to come again. He's coming. And it's soon. It's, it's not far off. If you look around, if you look at the scriptures, the one scripture that I, that I look at a lot, it talks about Jerusalem being surrounded on all sides. Now, I'm no prophet, and I'm not getting up here saying the world's coming to an end because I do not know. But I know what God's word says. And it says when Jerusalem becomes surrounded by its enemies on all sides, take note of it. God give us his word for a reason. To know some of these things. Not all of them, but some of them. Notice it says there that the powers of heaven will be shaken. Someone said chicken little is going to be proved right. For some of y'all that don't know chicken, noodle, or chicken little, go get chicken noodle. I'm getting hungry. For some of y'all that don't know Chicken Little, you'll have to Google that. Isaiah 34, 4 says the sky will be rolled up like a scroll. You explain that to me. Verse 27 says, all will see. Here's the sign of signs right here. If you want a sign, here's your sign right here. And all the confusion and all the perplexity here the shining glory of Jesus Christ is going to come forth. Folks, when you begin to see these things, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. I told you this morning he's coming again. He's bringing the power with him to execute God's kingdom. The glory here describes his radiance, the bright morning star. It's the glory and the radiance that will give us light forever. Revelation 21-23 says that Jerusalem won't need the sun or the moon anymore. The glory of God will illuminate it. He's the bright morning star. You know, he came under a star. A bright star, a shining star. He's coming again. It's going to be bigger than that. All the changes from these above verses tell us of a cosmic change. Look up, he says. Look up. We need to look up more. We need, to, we need to look up because that's where our redemption's coming from. It's drawing near. He says, because. Here's why he's coming. Here's the purpose of it all. Because your redemption is drawing near. Folks, here's the only place in the Gospels that the word redemption shows up. And yet the the, the Gospels are full of redemption, aren't they? You see, as believers, we were redeemed in the past, but now comes the future aspect of our redemption. Vance, Vance Havner said, we're not just looking for something to happen, we're looking for someone to come. Are you looking for him this morning? 
I pray you are this morning. It should fill us with joy as, if Christ is our Lord and Savior this morning. Yes, we ought to celebrate Christmas. We ought to celebrate the manger and all that means. But folks, if you're a Christian here this morning, it ought to do your heart good to know that Jesus is coming to get you one of these days. He's coming again. The very day that the lost loses everything, Christian, is the very day that you gain everything. Woo, man, if you can't get happy about that. Woo, man, I like that. Did I tell you that Jesus is coming again? Mm. A.W. Pink wrote this. Now listen to this carefully. He said, the first time Christ came to slay sin in men. The second time he will come to slay men in their sin. It's going to be a bad time, folks. But brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to lack knowledge or awareness about what we're talking to this morning. Turn with me over to the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we'll continue on in verse chapter 4. Down about verse 16. This is how it's going to go down. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Chapter 5. But concerning the times and the season, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Your mom ever tell you nothing ever happens, good happens after midnight? But let us all who, let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet and the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, Comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. To understand this passage of Scripture better, remember this. The Thessalonians thought, and they clearly expected Jesus to return at any time. How many times have you heard a preacher say, Jesus is coming again through the years of your life? I've heard it all my life. I believe it. But how many times have you heard, Jesus is coming soon? I think I just said that a while ago. 
soon. The thing is, is we don't know. Nobody knows. Paul commands them in chapter 1, verse 10, that they were waiting for Jesus to come again. They were to wait for him to come again. You see, they like many today, they've got, they had gotten wrapped up in the fact that some had died and went on before Jesus. And it confused them. Folks, I think we get so wrapped up in the world around us today that we get confused sometimes and we forget the fact that Jesus is coming again. When that's our blessed hope, that's the very thing that we ought to be looking for. Listen, this old world is full of traps and snares and it drags us into all kinds of stuff, doesn't it? But we ought to put our focus on the second coming, not necessarily the first coming. Too many of us are bound by the when and how it's going to happen and, 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 and how it's going to go down instead of expecting his coming. You know what we need to celebrate today? His coming. That's what we need to think about. And, and as I began to prepare this message and I began to think about that, I thought, you know, that's what the church needs. We need, we need to, our focus back on him coming again because he is coming again. Sadly, most of us or a lot of us want to know when and when God's word clearly says that no man knows. When's it going to happen? Did you see this sign? Did you see that sign? Folks, all I know is that he's coming. He says Jesus will come just like he left. He'll descend from heaven with a shout, it says. A shout that even the dead people will hear. Because it said the dead in Christ rise first. You know, when Jesus was resurrected, dead people came out of the grave at the resurrection. Verse 17 tells us that Paul believed Jesus would return there at any time. He says, those who are alive and remain to meet the Lord. What a glorious day. Have you ever sat down and read the Gospels and, and, and thought of the accounts when Jesus was physically here? How you would have liked to have been and seen some of the things. You know, every time he reached out his hand, somebody was getting healed. Every time he, he talked to them, people were learning. People were, were getting saved. They were getting right with God. They were learning about God. Think how exciting that must have been. What they saw, what they heard, what they, what they felt, the smells that was going on at that time, every, every aspect, every sense that we had. Think about how great that would have been to be there with him. See, the Thessalonians expected his return. Do we? Do we expect it? Our great hope, folks, is this, that he's coming to be in the presence of his people. We'll be in the same boat as the, the disciples were in that day. We'll be there, we'll be there with him to, to touch him, to hear him, to feel what he's telling us. What a great day. I think one of the great tragedies of our day is that we don't expect anything from God other than the material things. Well, God, I'd sure like to have that new car. Is there any way you can work that out and get that for me? 
Folks, there are spiritual blessings in this world that we haven't even thought about yet. Are we missing something? Church, it's okay to celebrate the birth, and I guarantee we'll do that, won't we? Tomorrow we'll all get up at the crack of dawn, and, and we'll do all that, and we'll eat till we can't move no more. That's important, isn't it? He's coming back to get his bride. He's gone to prepare a place for us, the scripture says. Now, I'd be doing a disservice this morning if I didn't get up here and warn those who are not in Christ this morning. I would be doing the gospel a disservice. I'm going to speak to those that love the world. I'm going to speak to those this morning that are not in Christ. They love all the shiny lights and the shiny trinkets and the traditions and all those things. All those that are here this morning that have no hope. Because I guarantee this world, is there's no hope in it. It's going to end. It's going to end. Truth is this, the same event that brings our blessed hope into view is going to bring judgment with it. Verse 1, Paul changes the subject here in, verse, in chapter 5 from that of comfort and salvation to that of judgment, if you notice that. Folks, there are things that we don't need to know, but we need to know this. We need to know that we need a Savior. We need to know that there's someone there that can save us from the wrath to come, and the wrath is coming. I know this is not a traditional Christmas message, but I'm going to tell you something. God didn't give me a traditional Christmas message this morning. There's someone in this room this morning that needs Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's someone here today that needs to hear this message, or I wouldn't be preaching it, because I, I serve a God that's sovereign in all things. There's no such thing as chance and circumstance. I'm not preaching this just this by, by chance. There's someone here this morning that I believe needs this message. Adam and Eve didn't know that they knew enough. Folks, God's word is enough. God's word is enough. He's coming again. The scriptures give us some things to look for. But folks, don't get bogged down in that. Don't think that you got time. Don't think this morning that, that just because we're all still here and everything's hunky-dory and everybody's, everybody's eating good and all that, don't think that it can't happen tomorrow. The Bible says it's a twinkling of an eye. Those of us who are in Christ have a blessed hope. We're looking for His coming. I ask you this morning, are you looking for His coming? In verse 2 there of chapter 5, we see the day of the Lord. I've already told you that Jesus is coming again to execute the kingdom of God. And it's going to be a day, a special day, a day of power and holiness, His holiness on full display. It's going to bring the ultimate joy to some, but it's going to bring the ultimate terror to others. Does Jesus know you today? All will see His purpose. Have you ever wondered what the purpose of life is? I'm going to give it to you. You're here to glorify God. 
no other reason. You're here to give God the glory that, he, that is due Him. All's going to see His purpose. All's going to see history closed out. He's coming like a thief in the night here, he writes. We won't expect it. We won't be looking for it. But blessed is the one who's watching, the scripture tells us. Verse 3 says they're going to be looking for peace and safety. Folks, if this time that we're living in right now is teaching us anything, we should see that there's no peace and there's no safety. Becky and I have gotten to watching YouTube and watching these cop videos that these high-speed chases you ought to go look at how many high-speed chases come across that cloverleaf plaza out there by the highway highway state patrol folks there are things going on around us and we think we're all safe and secure from all alarms and if you're outside Christ this morning you're in terrible danger peace and safety Many today are preoccupied with the things of this age and with no thought of what's to come. I saw a guy yesterday, he was talking about people getting in debt. He said, especially young people, and then he took it back. He said, no, he said, not young people, all people. He said, people have gotten to the point where they take their, take their mortgage and they stretch it out just as far as they can and they get all that they can get. Then destruction comes. Something happens. How are we going to make that house payment? Hmm? Sudden destruction. They're not looking ahead. We're not, listen, we're, we're, we're all comfortable in our houses, aren't we? I think America's got fat. We got lazy. I've talked to people that, that can't find, that businesses are closing because they can't find help because people don't want to work. Let the government give it to us, as old Lum used to say. Folks, we're in trouble. If you can't see that this morning, you need to open your eyes. In the days of Noah, it says they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, and then judgment came, sudden destruction. We're, just, we're doing just like Noah did. There are many today that I fear are living a false peace and a false safety. Did I tell you that Jesus is coming again? You ought to pay attention to that. What are we missing? Those that are outside of Christ are missing a Savior. You need somebody to save you. Every one of us are sinners, Amen. Some of us are just saved. Some of us have our sins covered by the blood of Jesus this morning if we're in Christ. You see, the thing about sin is somebody's going to pay for it. You can, you can either come to Jesus Christ today and let Jesus pay the price for your sins, or you can pay for them yourself when the judgment, when the judgment day comes. Oh, listen, folks, he's coming again. We need to pay attention. You need someone beside yourself to live for. You need someone to save you from your sin and the wrath to come. Jesus said you must be born again. I get tickled at people today. Have you heard this? Oh, I was born that way. 
Jesus said, that's why you need to be born again. I was born that way. Yeah, you was. You was born that way. You was born into sin just like everybody else. Jesus said you need to be born again. There's got to be a change. And I want to tell you something this morning. If Jesus has truly saved you and you're living for Christ, your life will be different. There will be a change. If you is what you was, you ain't. There's going to be a difference. There might. It's not that there might be a difference. There will be a difference. Does Jesus know you today? I think we've asked the wrong question for a while. We asked, do you know Jesus? The demons knew him and trembled, it said. I hadn't seen anybody trembling lately. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Are we asking the wrong question? He came as a child to deal with your sin the first time. He's coming as a conqueror the second time to do away with sin and rebellion. Are you ready? Are you ready? It could come at any time. What are we missing this morning? Can you not see Jesus through all the Christmas trees and all the presents? If you can't, the world has stole him from you. I say, come to Christ. Because he's coming again. Oh, we're going to celebrate Christmas. We're going to all have a good time, aren't we? And you're going to go home today and you're going to say, Boy, Brother, Brother Gary rained on my Christmas parade. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you this morning that if you're outside of Christ this morning, you've got no hope. I love you enough to tell you that. I know, it's a, I know this is not an orthodox Christmas message, but I believe it's what God gave me. Are we missing the point? Look up, folks. Your redemption draws nigh. He's coming again came once and he says he's coming again and the second time he comes will be a glorious day for some of us but for others it'll be an eternity in a terrible place do you know Jesus this morning but more importantly does he know you